that it's it's not about fitting into to that culture and changing yourself because at the end of the day you're going to be found out anyway hey everyone and welcome to rca's new business culture podcast series my name is rob arnold founder of rca this podcast is all about learning from those in business who have shaped world-class business cultures how they did it and what they faced along the way in building these great cultures we look forward to sharing their insights tips and tricks with you of 2019, we take a look back at 10 years of RCA's existence. We also chat to one of RCA's finest young recruits and find out what her first year in the working world has been like. So Clouds, um, your first, or almost your first year of working, uh, you were a year ago just coming out of being a student. Talk us through the last 10 or 11 months, uh, what the fears were, what the challenges were, um, and what that process and that journey has been like. It's been quite a challenge in terms of having information given to you, going to a world where, where you sort of have to go and look for that information on your own, and you're not, being, you're not given a mark or you're not yeah. praised for exactly what you're doing, but it's sort of a thing where every day you have to give something else or you have to give something new there's new deadlines every single day so I think what what especially stood out for me is the fact that I was coming from a master's where I had one thing to hand in at the end of two years now moving into a world where I have a deadline almost every day where you have to stand up in front of people and you have to present to people so although it it sort of it prepared me for that it was completely different in that sense of how, how it's a fast-paced or it's a quick-moving world. And I think the other thing that really stood out for me was, was how many people you work with. And I think that's, that's a bit different because I'm in a world of, of working with different clients, so it wouldn't be the same for everyone. But when you're in the academic world, you're, it's you and your laptop. It's you and your, your test, it's you and your, um, your handbook, your, uh, your textbook. Sure. And I think as soon as you w- walk into this world, you're not a number anymore. Mm. There's a name to your face, whereas there you're really just a number walking around. Mm. So um, that for me was a big challenge. And also that fear of not being enough, mm. of coming from, I think I studied for six years, of thinking, okay, I have three degrees behind my name but am I good enough now to step into to the working world because you have that that notion of okay now I need to know everything Um, and that's sometimes just not true you have to take every day as it comes Um, so yeah I think that 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 for me was the biggest challenge so if you uh, an interesting how you phrase that but you know you come from a space in academia where I suppose your curriculum is very set out for you it's very predetermined or prescribed almost in a way whereas perhaps and I'd like to hear your opinion on this but your the working world isn't as prescribed it isn't as certain I suppose how did you find that difference in terms of you know in one sense having certainty as to what the deliverable was and how it needed to be done to a certain extent but then coming into the working space where you've got so many variables and you don't quite know how how that all is going to play out? I think 
with that, just taking every day as it comes is really important. Mm. So every time you leave the office or you shut down your laptop, just deciding, okay, that's the end of today and just mm. shutting off your mind and the next day taking it as it comes. And what's really important and what's worked for me is those small goals. So those incremental wins that we always talk about, but just writing down exactly what you want to achieve for that day. And I mean, we use Asana for that, yeah. but marking that off for me is, is such an important thing because it not just shows me that it's done, but it's that psychological thing of, okay, I've actually met a little goal for the day. And, and now that you've had almost a year to see what the working world is like, what you expected it to be like and what the reality has been, what out of the sum total of everything that you've seen was most different to what you expected? I think it's a bit difficult to, to sort of, I didn't have a big leap from the academic world to the um, to working world because I did my masters. I think that made a big difference because then you're emailing people, you're meeting with people, I had to interview people. So it sort of prepared me for this world. But if I'm just thinking of when I was studying my undergrad and my honours versus obviously masters and then working, that jump for me was bigger because there, as I said previously, it's, it's that thing of of you not really working with people as much, whereas now it's it's really deliverables, it's it's meeting your deadlines on time and being upfront about everything. And um, so I think at the end of the day, the, the big difference is, is just that, that people element, mm. the thing of who you're delivering to. Because yeah. when, you're, when you're a student, you're sort of, you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. Whereas when you're working, that, thing of it's just for me is not there anymore so the pressure is on um, okay that's interesting huh? yeah it's interesting to hear that from the other side um, and then if you look at the again the and reflecting on the on your first year um, you know you we learn obviously through through many things obviously we learn through failures more than we learn through successes what do you think your greatest learning curve this year has been if you think back to all the the various facilitations you've done and all the engagements with clients, etc. Well, what do you think is your, your biggest learning curve? Something that I'm still learning um, is the teamwork element. So working with colleagues has been very difficult because it's a one-man show and it's so competitive. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I've really struggled with and that I struggled with as a student even, mm -hmm. where it's a thing of you do well but the person next to you tells you what their mark was and you're just like, oh, sh shucks, I need to work harder, yeah, I need yeah. to do this better. Sure. When you come into the working world, you can't, you can't have that with colleagues. It's mm -hmm. sort of, it should be competitive to an extent, sure. but you're working towards the same goal. Yeah. So um, just being able to take ideas from other people and sort of praise them for it sure. and not always wanting it for yourself. Yeah. I think that's something that I, I really struggle with is, is to... to give praise to other people because I want to do it myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. it's something that I'm still learning and hopefully <laughs> within the next years of working, I'll get better at that. So if you consider that there are a number of people just about to leave uh, academia and come into the working world, if you could give those individuals some advice about um, what, what to look out for when they're going into interviews and not so much about what to say or what not to say, but what to look out for in the prospective companies that they're going into, 
what are some of those things that are important to you? I think just to, to sort of bring it back home to, to an example of myself um, would be that the first interview I went to before I started working here was one where I walked into the doors and it, it wasn't me going in there. I was trying to be something else to really fit in with the company. And looking back now, I've realized that it's, it's not about fitting into to that culture and changing yourself, because at the end of the day, you're gonna be found out anyway. But it's about really being authentically yourself mm. and seeing is this, is this company fitting in with, with what my values are and with what um, I stand for as a person um, and really bringing that to the table so that they also know what they're in for. Um, and the other thing would just be to realize that you, sh you don't need to know it all. Mm. Coming from the academic space, you, you really think, okay, I've got a certain mark and, and now this is, this is everything I need to know. If I've got 90%, I need to know 90% of everything in the world. <laughs> and just realizing that you're not going to have all the answers. And if someone interviewing you is asking something that you don't know the answer to, just be upfront about it. Say, I don't know. I'm sure that they would appreciate that more than anything else. Absolutely. And I know from my own experience with you and in our interview um, that, that in comparison to the first interview I'd had was, was worlds apart. <laughs> So it was interesting for me to see how, how something so structured um, made me so nervous. But in this, this space, I was just completely myself. I could be myself. And that's something that I wanted to fit into. So I'm really grateful that I could move into a company um, like that. But it, I've always wondered, um, how, why do you make it very non-traditional in terms of how you interview um, that in a way you've almost answered the question to a certain degree in that I always think about you know when you sitting working at your desk in front of your computer or you're just going through the motions as, as a new member of the team can you relate to the people that are within the team already and vice versa can they relate to you because you know there are so many talented people out there today but it's not just talent, it's, your, it's fulfilling one's potential. And I think you only fulfill your potential when you feel uh, a certain degree of fit in a, in a culture, in a workspace. So it's key to try and see the person for who they really are as soon as you possibly can. Um, and as you alluded to, you know, when you feel comfortable in an, in an interview, in a conversation, you tend to show your true colors. Um, you let your guard down a bit. And the more you can do that, the more you see someone's true colors. Um, the Japanese like to uh, take you out on a, on a big night um, for, for a similar reason, you know, before you go into a job, before you get selected for the position because they want to see what you like in social circles, in, in, in normal environment. And obviously, you know, when you've had a few beverages, your, uh, your true colors tend to also come out, apparently. Um, apparently. And, um, yeah, so I think the, the, to answer your question, the, the, the quicker one can see someone in their natural state, the better your, the more informed your decision will be. And is there something specific that you look out for in people like that when they're really in their... Really no, it's, it's a very good question, and it's difficult to put a... to quantify it or to put a specific... Um, you know, element to it because you, in my sense and our sense, I kind of know what that fit looks like now in terms of the type of person. Um, 
but I think typical traits or qualities are things like you know being happy for someone to to pull the piss out of you for someone who's not who doesn't hold themselves in too high regard doesn't take themselves too seriously but at the same time is very ambitious um, you know someone who realizes that whilst they have certain aspirations in their career they also know that it's not just going to be um, them on their own that's going to get them to where they need to be it needs to be a a collective effort um, so so it's all of these little things that you kind of almost subconsciously pick up when you when you're speaking to someone um, and it's there is a bit of um, a bit of an art to it that isn't just a science I think in terms of knowing who the person is um, but I think that's also happened over time over having people in the business who have worked and who haven't worked out um, it's much like a relationship I think in that you've got to be in a bad one to know when the good ones come along so um, and I think that's where a lot of businesses make the mistake of of just hiring someone for the sake of hiring them, not thinking of the long-term effects that they may have on their entire business, not just uh, what they're offering. But even having said that, you know, there are there's never um, absolute certainty as to um, how things are going to turn out, and that's the the gamble and the risk that you take. But there certainly are signs that um, that you're on the right path with a certain person. So, yeah, it, it, it's. It's it's a as an employer, I think anyone listening to this, uh, from an employer's point of view, or business owner, etc., will will agree that it's it's a very nerve-wracking thing because you are taking a risk. You know, salaries are never um, taken light-heartedly or without a certain amount of calculation. But I think the upside of it is the fact that the right people will push your business forward way quicker than anything else, especially in the game that we're in. So, and just thinking of it from from a um, person coming from the academic world, what was it like from your side? Um, what was your biggest fear in hiring someone that had, that didn't have experience but had a degree? Um? Yeah, again, a great question. I think the the obvious concerns are things like lack of experience in the working world and um, the practical competence that comes with that. But I think what has been proven to me a few times over now is that when you find someone with the right wiring, um, the right inclination to learn, the, the right humility, which is another one I'll add to that question just now that you asked, um, and the right type of curiosity about different people, um, the, the more you set yourself up for someone who is going to be making a big uh, impact quite quickly. So, I believe it's been 10 years since you started this business of yours. <laughs> Can you believe it? Now I've only been a part of it for one year and there's a lot of change that happens because I know you have that motto of taking it as it comes and really adapting to the environment and to clients, which I really admire. So, what has the past, what have the past 10 years looked like in terms of change and growth and that journey? Um, yeah, it's actually really weird to reflect on your own journey, but I think what has been um, w remarkable as, a, as a, a learning exercise over the last 10 years is how much our industry and what we do has changed over those 10 years. So in what I thought in the beginning was of value to 
to our clients from a training point of view and uh, working with staff at different levels, you know, if I had to apply that same mantra or approach now, it would be somewhat antiquated, which you know, which is quite scary in, in ten years. But um, it it's been it's been really fulfilling in the sense that. Um, we've been privileged to work with some amazing brands um, across different industries. Um, but more so than the brands, I think, is the, the type of people that one works with. And I think the greatest learning comes from um, those different types of human beings that you work with and how people respond or don't respond to, to certain things. Because ultimately what we're trying to do is, is trying to inspire people to um, behave and act in a certain way ultimately bringing their clients and customers value um, and that starts with psychology and it moves into a skill set and it it it, uh, it ultimately means building a culture of a certain t- uh, kind so you know what we've become is an agent or a a catalyst for for building the right types of cultures and businesses which when I started out I would have never said that's what we do but you know we've become a very purpose-driven business and yeah, if, if I had to, I suppose, do the elevator pitch, it would be that we, we help to, to really develop cultures within businesses. And what I really love about that mission is that when you enable the right culture in a business, you give someone um, the rod rather than the fish and that they can then go out and, and, and be phenomenal in terms of what they do um, to their clients and increase revenues and increase value and, and do all of these amazing things. But it really does start with the psychology and the right culture because if that's not right, you know, as we spoke about earlier, you're not going to hire the right people, you're not going to um, you know, optimize your business and people generally won't be as happy as they can be. So I think the more that one can... I, I feel that our purpose in, in the industry and what we do for our various clients is incredibly important because... Um, when they get that right, it really does change the lives of so many people around them. So yeah, to answer your question, in, in the 10 years, it's been about evolution. It's been about um, disrupting our own business and almost making our own business model obsolete and being happy to do that and, and to keep looking at how we can be of more value to our clients. Um, I know with what you've been mentioning, like that shaping of cultures and, and how we've changed, I think my favorite thing about working with those clients is not just helping them change their cultures or better their cultures but actually what effect they have on us and how they change us and sort of adapting to that so um i know that you ask this question podcasts and what someone's biggest failure was but i'm going to flip it around and i'm going to ask you the opposite what has been your biggest success in the past 10 years if you could give anyone advice on on what they could do well and how to do that, what would you tell them? Wow, that is a very difficult question to answer. Um, now it's easier to talk about failures almost. It, it is, it is absolutely easy to talk about failures. Um, I, think, I think in terms of, of the business and the journey that, that we've been on as a business, our biggest uh, success uh, has been first and foremost bringing in great people into the business um, because in a, in a business like us, uh, it relies almost solely on having the right people representing your brand. So I'm incredibly proud of the, the team that we have and being able to have worked with such amazing people. Um, 
and then secondly, I think is the the impact that we've had on on specific clients um, through being willing to understand what their problems are every day and and really being willing to adapt and and pivot to create a solution that works for them, whether it's a certain type of training, whether it's a certain type of measurement, but but having those long-standing relationships with a number of our clients that they've chosen to stick with us, even through some difficult times, um, but that that's all the value of what we do. So I'm immensely proud of, and, and I see that as a huge success, is, is, is building those those long-term relationships with, with various clients. Um, and I think, and lastly, is just the again the 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 evolution of of the business um in terms of um being willing and you know to adapt in, in good and bad times so being able to see through some some difficult economic periods um where you wonder whether you're going to be able to pay salaries the next next month but um you know just i guess having that courage to to keep on um which yeah, as a city now, it's it's easy to talk about, but at the time, it's pretty gut wrenchingly nerve wracking. It's actually amazing how those biggest failures almost translate into your biggest successes at the end of the day, Absolutely. because they sort of make you grow. And that's something that I've really learned from you is is to to take that that failure and to turn it in some, into something good, yeah. and to to make it make you better as a person and as an as um, an employee. And um, I think something that I've, I've, I've also really learned from you is, is that thing of w- listening um, and keeping your ears open at all times for new information, really looking for that and not just stagnating. Because I think what a lot of people do, and, and this is now also thinking of the academic world, is you wait for that information to come to you. And I see this with a lot of people. Um, where it's sort of when is the next big break going to be there or when, when am I going to be able to get a promotion or, mm. but not really adding value f- just from themselves mm. um, listening to podcasts when you're on, on the road or reading up or um, really pushing those boundaries from your side and to show that you are valuable mm. um, especially in this day and age I think there was a client that where it was a thing of that fear of being um, being dismissed or mm-hmm. being retrenched, but if you add that value to the company, that fear sh- shouldn't even be there. Yeah. You should be so valuable that they they wouldn't want to let you go. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've really learned from you. So thank you for that. No, absolutely, uh, absolute pleasure. I, I just to add on to that, I think, and almost going back to that question you asked about what you look for in people when you hire them, the there's two things that I think are irreplaceable today. Um, it could be three, but the first one is is, um, is is the ability to to be a problem solver rather than um, see problems as a burden. So um, those people who avoid victimhood and look to to take on the problem and find a way to to solve it um, is is hugely valuable. I mean, being resourceful today is just one of those things that um, just adds so much value to a business. Um, and the second one is curiosity. I think you know <clears throat> if you can be curious most of your life you'll never stop learning um and i think what in the business that we're in is it's key to be curious about people because you know when you're curious about people you you start to understand human behavior better and when you understand human behavior you understand how people make decisions and that is probably one of the most powerful things to to understand because if you can if you can give the right information or 
time whatever you want to say in a certain way, um, you also enable um, the right impact on that decision. And I think when you get people to make the right decisions, the world is a better place. So um, it's so, so critical that that, that is part of someone's wiring. Um, it's, it's just a very, very powerful uh, way to operate. That's it for today, guys. If this episode brought you value, please do subscribe to the podcast series. And for more information on building your organizational culture, visit us at rcaconsulting.biz. We'll see you in the next episode.